Hi, I'm Adam. And I'm Rob. And welcome to a brand new Hollowdale Media podcast. The birthday edition. A birthday edition. Wow. Whose birthday was it? It's my birthday. Oh, I'm a birthday boy. How old are you? Don't know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> How do you feel, man? Do you like, enjoying? Did you have a nice birthday? Yeah, it was all right. Good. I feel like... Are, we, um, is, mm, are you excited for your birthday? Let me just ask you that. Uh, no. There we go. I think it's not just me. No. This We've hit the point where you just don't want to be yeah, reminded you, of it. You never want one again. <laughs> you never want one again. I always have the thing of if it's September, I feel safe and young because it's a whole year almost until I turn another year older. Yeah. Now this feels like the ticking clock. Another year. Another inch closer to 40 older people will still say oh you're still young yeah they do don't they but we're not don't feel it don't feel it done i found a gray hair in my beard oh one i've had one i've had one i'm covered in them (laughs) i am gray hair that's all i am uh it's horrible though because it was just oh that one feels rough i i asked the lady in the barbers about hair treatment the last time I was in the barber. The laser treatment on the hair. Well, hang on a minute. Last birthday, I bought you some black hair dye. Guess what, asshole? My hair is brown, <laughs> or was brown. Not if you're going to cover it in black. I dyed my hair black when I was a silly little pop punk boy, mm. and it looks terrible. <laughs> so it was never an option. Maybe I'll use it on other hair. What? On other hair. What other hair? Other hair. In the Someone body. else's hair. My other hair. Oh no. As in my large rabbit that I don't like the colour of, I'm going to turn it into a black hair. Mm, that's bad luck. Yes, it is. It's bad, bad muju, muju. Bad juju. Juju. Oh god. Anyway, um, <laughs> do you want? Do you want something quickly? Oh, a quick early present. So I, I've got you cool stuff but none of it's creative okay okay <laughs> don't get your hopes up for something new and exciting i'll give you this first right oh look it's a <laughs> it's a sweetie tray bake from sainsbury's thanks mate you're you remain the only person i know who goes to sainsbury's for, for birthday presents well it doesn't <laughs> stop there my friend because i've also bought you some of your favorite beer oh yeah got you three bottles of blue moon oh, i love blue moon and i'm st- and i got me some double oh um it's bloody hell you're gonna yeah interesting it's like 10 percent, isn't it oh is it yeah oh no <laughs> well i bought this with the intention of us drinking it for your birthday on this episode like having some beers but yeah 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 because we're so tired because we're so tired because we did something cool yesterday yes um, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it through. I'm going to drink a beer. You're going to drink? Okay. Would you prefer Blue Moon if that's going to be too... St- it's 8.5%. I think maybe I should have a Blue Moon. Okay. Is that, is, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> I love Duvel's lovely Belgian delicacy. Yeah, you got two more presents to come and after this as well. Very so. good. And Blue Moon is... I think it's American pretending to be Belgian. But is really good. Or is it UK? I don't like it because it reminds me of Manchester City. But, you know... Where's um? Oh. You got yes. So yeah. So um. So this is cool. Cool episode. So what did we do yesterday, Adam? Whilst we cracked the well, ears open. Oh, I missed the hiss. What did we do yesterday? We went to Prince Charles Cinema, favorite place in the world, uh, in Leicester Square. 
the first trip to London in 18 months. Oh my god, man. Before we say what we did, like, going back into London after a year and a half or however long it's been was so good. Coming out onto King's Cross Station, sun shining down on all the old buildings, yeah, the yeah. clock tower, getting to Leicester Square and seeing all the Chinese lanterns, and oh man, it was, it was really cool. Well, it was so, it felt like we were overseas, didn't it? It did, it did. I, I think most people, have, mm, I feel like most people have started trickling back there to was, places. There was a lot of people who were out on a night out, despite the fact you can only sit on tables at six. I saw a couple of groups of like squealing girls who were drunk and stuff like that. Yeah, where you kept seeing Scottish people, didn't you? Lots of Being Scottish haunted people. haunted by Scottish people. Why? You, you, Scotland's aren't even playing. They weren't even playing. They, weren't, they didn't even have a match they're that day. A, They're just having a great time. Mm. Having a wonderful time. But anyway, yes, the reason we went to Leicester Square was for my birthday, we decided to take up Prince Charles up on his offer and go and see Alien and Aliens as a double bill. Yeah. So no tedious link this week because it was decided by fate. It was decided by fate. That we should watch. I, I feel like recently we even said, why haven't we done Alien or Aliens yet? Yeah, they're like so high up on our sort of list of not only like favourite movies but influences they're very yeah. important to our our film education they're so important so yes we're going to be talking about both we're going to do something slightly differently so we don't sit here for 17 hours and discuss both of them uh, so yes we'll look forward to that yeah definitely I have another sip of my blue moon we've got some uh, movie and TV news to talk about um, yeah some reviews as normal are we going to talk about E3 yeah we'll get Nick in to talk about E3 alright let's do it let's get into it first a review Film Reviews, Nobody, 2021. So they took maybe 20 bucks in an old watch? Mr. Madsen, did you even take a swing? No. Could have taken her, Dad. Heard you had some excitement last night. I wish they'd have picked my place, you know? Why didn't you take him out? I was just trying to keep the damage to a minimum. Yeah, how's that working out for you? You okay? Because you don't look okay. There's a long dormant piece of me that so very badly wants out. What are you still doing here, old man? I'm gonna fuel up. It's been a hell of a day. Directed by Island Schuller of Hardcore Henry fame and written by John Wick scribe Derek Colsat, nobody can surely be one of two things an ambitious disappointment. Or an exceptional example of super violence and ridiculous over-the-top action. 
while I don't want to spoil the ending of this review, allow me to say this, nobody's perfect. Introducing Hutch Mansell, played by Bob Odenkirk, a plain old nobody working a boring dead-end job as an auditor for a metalworking company somewhere in generic America land. At home, Hutch has a successful and beautiful wife Becca, played by Connie Nielsen, a teenage son Blake, played by Gage Monroe, and his adorable daughter Sammy, played by Paisley Cadera. And yet, the tedium of an ordinary life is almost too much to bear. Hutch gets up, screws up, downs coffee, goes to work, comes home, sleeps in a bed without so much of a lick of affection from his wife, and that's that. Rinse and repeat. Meanwhile, Hutch watches as his brother-in-law bullies his way to success, stews as his neighbour drives a better car, and, worst of all, when Hutch's house is broken into, he manages to further disappoint his son by not taking a single action to fend off the intruders. With only sympathetic looks from his co-workers, family and more, Hutch can only hang his head in shame. Until, that is, when his daughter Sammy asks whether the burglars stole her kitty cat bracelet. Without a word, Hutch turns his back on the family and heads out into the night to track down the thieves, asking after a particular tattoo he saw on one of the burglar's wrists. But when things don't go to plan, Hutch finds himself on a bus in the dead of night, only to witness a group of boisterous drunk thugs board the bus and begin to harass and abuse those on board. Taking his chance to relieve his frustration, Hutch unloads on the fog, showing a shocking level of skill, strength and aggression as he pounds, chokes and terrorises the fugs. Hutch, it seems, is more than just a nobody. With his newfound confidence, Hutch begins to reconnect with his family, but little does he know that the fugs he beat into a living pulp are connected to the Russian crime syndicate. One of the thugs, it turns out, is the younger brother of one Julian Kuznetsov, played by Alexei Serberyakov, who takes the attack personally and most importantly of all, believes it's a play for the money he's protecting for the mob. All hell soon breaks loose as Julian sends wave after wave of henchmen to take down Hutch and ends up making a huge mistake, targeting Hutch's family. See, Hutch isn't just an auditor, he's an... Auditor, capital A, with ties to the CIA and FBI and no one, no one, threatens his family. In no time at all, nobody becomes an absolute bloodbath of action, gunfighting and explosions. And the best thing of all, it's incredible. Long time listeners to my reviews will know that John Wick kind of bored me. It was all too glossy, all too choreographed, it was super stylish and ultimately left me feeling cold. No risk, no danger, just Keanu Reeves killing people in one of three ways. Yeah, if you're into that, fine. But what nobody offered was a visceral thrill where everyone on screen actually seems to be getting hurt, taking moments out from the fight to catch their breath or massage their bleeding knuckles. I guess what I'm saying is everything felt earned and everything felt weighty, even when it gets really ridiculous when a geriatric Christopher Lloyd pops up to throw some shade. My only complaint, if there is one, is that the baddies being Russian kind of feels overdone. Although I must say, it's a breath of fresh air to see a mob with equal employment opportunities. Honestly, is this the first action thriller with SWAT-armoured women standing alongside men as cannon fodder for the hero to mow down? If it's not, please let me know. It really stood out. So in essence, nobody. Nobody is perfect.
In fact, it reminded me less of John Wick and more like sci-fi's happy, and that can only be a good thing. Get out to the cinema and watch Nobody. It's awesome. Me? I'm nobody. Theaters only, February 26th. Welcome to Fortnite Schmort Night. A review for a test screening of The Matrix 4 has been posted on Twitter. Oh? And it sounds slightly positive. David Manning had this to say The Matrix Resurrections. Hmm. Screen this afternoon, and it is weird, meta, engrossing, surprisingly funny, and ambitious to a fault. I expect WOM to be wildly mixed, but the people who love it will love it. Now I'm trying to work out what warm Word is. of mouth? Warm is word of mouth, is that a thing? I've never heard it said like that, but that must be what it is, sure. Word of mouth, that makes sense. I was thinking, what is warm in the Matrix? <laughs> I'm warm. Wachowski on um, Matrix. Yeah? Yeah, there you go. Okay. I expect Wachowski on Matrix to be wildly mixed. But the people who love it will love it. Yeah, so... Oh, that worries me. Yeah, it sounds a bit, like, whimsical. It's not... It's like it sounds a bit... That sounds a bit like... Fan service? Yeah. And he mentioned surprisingly funny. That's a bit of a red flag. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. making me think of the latest Predator film. Yeah. Is it going to lose... Because if, if the first Matrix movie was slightly funny, then it would lose... A well, lot. well, well, it was a little bit funny. Yeah, but I don't know. Agent Smith was always a... Yeah, there was like a dark cackle to yeah. Agent Smith's like comments and stuff. Yeah, I suppose I... that's true. He wasn't funny. You just enjoyed him being so evil. Yeah, when yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. when I hear slightly funny, I think of Star Wars, the new Star Wars trilogy, and horribly Ugh. shoved in... They fly now. Bad, Yeah, bad Marvel jokes. Yeah, that's... <laughs> they fly now. They fly now. Yeah, just that crap. Um, they fly now. But I hope... Oh, uh, yeah, I hope it's good. I'm looking forward to it. I actually forgot it was happening. So that's interesting you brought that up. Speaking speaking of things we forget was happening... Okay. Um, the boys! I, this is, I always forget the boys. And then it what? comes round. Okay, right. I see what you mean. It's one of these things. It's the best TV show ever. Oh, yeah, and then I've, I forget about it for a year. And has then, there been a new trailer? There's, I, not, there's not been a new trailer. But basically... So I've forgotten about it for six months. And now the, <laughs> the, the showrunner, Eric, Eric Kripke, has revealed that the dailies he receives... For oh, season, Eric Kripke. Sorry. What was that? that was what was side, that? That was West Side Story. Officer Crab Key. Oh, uh, Crab you. I have not seen West Side Story, so I should do, shouldn't I? Yes, you should. Um, yeah, season three. He says the, the dailies he receives for season three are the craziest thing he has ever seen in his entire career. So yeah, that's pretty cool. He said, yeah, he said to tweet. Um, uh, so I've seen dailies that are by a mile the craziest effing dailies I've ever seen in my career or maybe anyone's career. Mm. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the boys is going to have a set ending. I kind of hope it does. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be annoyed if it finished on series 3 to be honest. Yeah, I was just thinking Preacher Preacher had a nice ending. Not necessarily a good ending, but it, it wrapped it all up in a bow. Wrapped it all up. It was in a bow. done. Yeah. Let's hope they don't like kind of get confused and not know where to go. I'm just wondering if they keep getting crazier and wackier being mm. a pessimist. I love the boys, but I just wonder because the the series two ended so well, yeah. Don't go too crazy. 
I, I, I think this season or next season, wrap it up. Yeah. Just yeah. Don't, but but if you don't, I don't care because I'm just happy when it comes around. Um. But yeah. Cool. Um. Straight back down to hell. Horrorcon has been cancelled again. <sighs> so those who aren't in the know, Horrorcon is the UK's horror convention that's held in Sheffield every year. We're big fans. Uh, and Quaggers, that film we never talk about, is due to be shown at uh, Horrorcon two years ago. Feels that way. It does feel that way. <laughs> it would be two years when it actually gets... If we assuming it actually happens in May, it'll be two years since it was meant to be on there. Oh. Yeah, do you know? Like, it's so annoying that we got, we finally got to a point in our lives where we found a our people, but be somewhere really good to represent our movie. Not yeah, that, yeah. Not that there's not loads of other places all across the planet to do that, but to have this warm, loving place in our heart and have such a good time, and then for it to be ripped away from us by yeah, a stupid disease. We've had really positive comments about it from the organiser of the film festival that's hosted there. Anyway. But it's, you know, mm. I'm like, uh, we're, we're not angry at them. We're, we, we know why. It's because of this bollocks. But um, Well, it's apparently, so yeah, it, it's apparently, it's not them doing it. It's that Horicon's kind of made by, like all conventions, it's made by its guests, and they've struggled. Yeah. They've struggled to get them because of all the lemon disease. Yeah, I was just reading the, the thing at the moment. It's uh, all of us had a decision so that we can plan things, and we've come to the sad conclusion that everything is still too up in the air to guarantee that we can go ahead. And therefore, we need to postpone again. In these uncertain times, it's now impossible for us to organise this complex event, which is, you know, definitely a reference to the guests and, and the other stuff. Um, yeah. They say it's difficult enough in normal times. But, um, yeah, Wendy and Gil, you wrote that blog. Um, you don't know where you are in Horicon or if you're in charge or whatever, but we um, we look forward to seeing you again. Definitely do it in May next year. Yes. Even if there's a bubonic plague, because we'll have had enough. <laughs> oh, no, Rob's about to riot. <laughs> yeah, no, cool. Um, finally, back to some cool news. This is very cool. This is so cool. My childhood Robert is alive and cheering. Oh, put him away. Jurassic World, Dom- Jurassic World Dominion will go back 65 million years for the intro and show real dinosaurs. Oh. How cool is that? That's legitimately a good idea. Come on. I wonder if they're going to go full, like, feathers. They are. Oh, they are? They are. Cool. They are, they are. There's, there's like an image of them with, like, the, the, these hairs poking out of her, uh, but I'm pretty sure that's been confirmed. But um, some footage was screened to some journalists in uh, Los Angeles, like some IMAX festival thing. Um, so I, I imagine it's the start of the movie. Spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, it starts in dinosaur times. We see, to quote IGN, vast landscapes, a plethora of dinos, and harnessing the primal nature of the prehistoric era, the emphasis is on context. The intimacy of a bug landing on the leg of a dinosaur is juxtaposed by the majesty of a herd breathing in a lake as a winged creature swoops to feast on a carcass. Then two really big dinosaurs fight, and then it like kind of one of them dies, and the bug... The bug, the mosquito sucks the blood out and then it travels back and goes through the future millions of years of the process of the bug, the process of the amber happening. Haven't they done that? Don't they do that? No. They haven't done that. No, 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 no. They just dug it up. Or they did a cartoon. They did oh, it they did with a the cartoon. Mr. D- with, with Mr. DNA. I hope Mr. DNA turns up in live action. Imagine he- <laughs> 
<laughs> Welcome to 65 million years ago. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I read that and I was like, that's... I, well done, Colin Trevorrow. That's a good idea. I'm I not praising him yet. That's a good idea, though, isn't it? That's There's lots of good ideas. Friggin' good idea. Mm. Anyway, I'm, I'm game. Anyway, so concludes... Rob's just come out. I'm game. <laughs> so concludes Fortnite Schmortnite. Well done. You're Officer Krupke. I am. Familiar with West Side Story? No, sir. <laughs> what? There's a character in West Side Story named Officer Krupke. Okay. You're Officer Krupke. You never heard the song? No, sir. Oh, Officer Krupke, what are we to do? Gee, Officer Krupke, Krupp you. You never heard that? No. No? No. By the way, they wanted to say but in the 50s oh, on wow. Broadway, Sondheim, he couldn't write That's that So Krupp you is a substitute for Has mm. anybody ever said Krupp you? No. Huh. Some guy told me to go face once. He went to jail. Oh, I like a present. Oh, hey, this is for you. Thanks, mate. You've wrapped it beautifully. Thanks, man. And uh, as the bag for life. So it's a t-shirt of that place oh. that you don't shut up about. Cool. Thank you very much. It says Cornwall, Newquay, Toan Beach, Beach Break, and it's all 3D. Yeah, so uh, obviously um, your brother um, has been somewhat offended by my remarks on Cornwall <laughs> on the Night Shift podcast. So this Available I, to all patrons. Available to all patrons. Um, so this is my way of saying, Cornwall, I love you, and I've never grown tired of Adam whittling on about his holiday of a lifetime to... Many, many to of new, them. Many holidays of a lifetime to Newquay. I, I saw it in the, the next, and I thought that's that's an Adam gift. That if is I ever indeed. saw one. Thank you. It's sort of pinky. Very good. Thank you very much. No problemo. Hello, Nicholas. Adam, is that you? It is me. Oh my god! It feels like it's been a million bazillion years. It has. It was even more like it's been a million billion years for me because I've been tired for the last uh, <laughs> four months. Why have you been tired for the last four months, Nick? Because I've got a baby, Adam. A baby. Oh my god! Yes, I was gonna. I was gonna do a little uh, special congratulations when it first happened and then i got a message saying don't tell anyone it's a secret no one must know <laughs> so, well it wasn't fine. a secret when she was born but yeah, it was I'm wasn't just... it no all right fine <laughs> and good and yet she has not deflated your love of video games you massive nerd oh no i've got less time to play the games hmm. um i'm actually having to about 10 o'clock at night, that's when I get to play my games. So I'm <laughs> currently running on about four hours sleep a night just so I can play my games. That's why I live off anyway. But anyway, so something big's happened. Yes. Every year around my birthday. E3 has happened. Video games have been revealed. A big old uh, bucket of marketing. Yes. Uh, so... Basically, yeah. you had uh, sort of three major events. Um, so usually at E3, you've got the different developers and people make their 
big show and reveal all of their upcoming games. Um, obviously, every year for the last 12 years or so, the Microsoft one's been very, very boring and disappointing um, because they haven't had any games to show. Now they've got Bethesda because they own Zenimax Media. Um, and so it was the Microsoft Plus Bethesda conference. And... Uh, Oh uh, yeah, it was good, Adam. Was it? it was so good. It's <laughs> it's just everything I've wanted for so long, so long. Awesome. Yeah. Well, tell me then, because I've fallen behind on these things. I've seemingly seen really what you've shown me. What are yeah. your top picks? So I'll, I'll go. Give through... us three of your top picks and three of your worst okay. picks. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, we'll do that. So I would say sort of the three top picks. So. I'll start with a, a lit- game that I had no idea anything about it before E3. Um, they did it at the Xbox conference and sort of showed it off. It's not an Xbox exclusive. Well, I don't think it's an exclusive, but um, uh, it's not made by Microsoft. It's a third party and it's called Replaced. Okay. So Replaced, um, it's almost like pixel arty kind of style. Looks uh, isometric 2D kind of thing, but it's not. Um, but it's, it's basically described as a sci-fi retro-futuristic action platformer. Yeah, okay. But um, you've just said all the best words. Yes, yes. The alternate version of 1980s as well. It just gets uh. better, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, this is the one that actually looks like an 80s game as well. It's not it's... just that it's set in a sort of synthway version of the 80s, but actually looks like a point-and-click yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a um, modern version of it. it. It's like, uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's got that isometric kind of pixel arty style. Um, and yeah, I'm very, very excited about it. Um, it'll be one of those ones that it'll either be very, very good um, and it'll win all the awards mm. at the usual BBC things and what they, whatever they do. Um, but Or it'll be like a bit like Carrion because I think the last E3 we had, they showed off Carrion, which was... Oh, yes. um, a Devolver digital one and uh, I thought I was just so excited about that and it was very good and I did review it very well um, but it was lasted about two hours so it was kind yeah. of a bit uh, and, and it got stale within that two hours which is never good a game shouldn't get stale within two hours when it's only two hours long so yeah um, but <laughs> yeah. we'll see I'm, I'm excited about Replaced we'll see cool um, give us um, one of your bottom picks then we'll go Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy okay fair enough yes yeah so now i i think that this game is going to be one of those ones that will get hyped up and everyone will get excited about because it's marvel um but it's made by square enix squeenix and they've already done a marvel's game called a little one known one called marvel's avengers one of the worst games of the year wasn't it yeah yeah exactly and supposedly it's got better now but it's too late um and so the fact that now this one guns galaxy is a single player game so they're not doing that thing again but still i watched the trailer and i don't see why people are getting excited about it it just looks naff so yeah, that's mm. my take on it. To its we'll credit, see. at least the characters look a bit like the characters in the film this time. Yeah, oh, and, and um, you know, almost, it, yeah. might, it might surprise me because I was getting some kind of, you know, remember that Transformers War for Cybertron game that you were, um, the best, you played? Yeah, fantastic the one that game. you almost completed one weekend when I was hungover and you were around mm. mine. Um, but yeah, it, it, it did give me those vibes. So if it's more like that, then I think it will surprise people. I don't think it will because it's Square Enix and they don't always do the 
best thing when they've got branded stuff, you know, like established IPs and whatnot. So, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Cool. Best days. Uh, next one, I would probably go with Battlefield 2042. Okay. Now, I'm. I, I do like the Battlefield games. You know, it's. Uh, I'm not going to say that. Um, I. I don't like them. Um, but I've never loved them. I've always preferred Call of Duty. Um, however, mm. Battlefield 2042, that first shot of the gameplay trailer they did at the Xbox conference where it's all side-on and you've just got hundreds of people just all on this battlefield, overlooking this battlefield, and you've got helicopters flying, you've got people on the ground, tanks on the ground. It looks epic. And the idea of having a huge, great, big, all-out battle between two sides, I think it's something like... Was it 164 people per side or something like that? Which is an immense amount of people to have in one game. Cool. Okay, second worstie. Uh, Second worstie is a personal worstie for me. So the Ubisoft conference happened. um, And, you know, it's full of all the usual stuff, your Rainbow Sixes and whatnot. And there's been rumours for ages about an Ubisoft Star Wars game. Which I know you're not a big Ubisoft fan, but I love no. Ubisoft games because they're just easy and open world, and the world the they create always rich. The same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't care about that. I Climb like that. a tower, pick the thing. But anyway, so I thought start, when he started talking about this, I was like, "Oh, here we go. They're going to announce the Star Wars game. They're going to announce the Star Wars game." And I got really, really excited, and the trailer opened up, and it was, it was this lush, foresty world, and I thought, "Oh my God, here we go." Uh, what's it going to be? And then all of a sudden you saw one of the Navi. Is that oh, what? They're what? Called? The blue the Navi, things. The naive. Bloody Avatar. An Avatar Bloody game? Avatar, yeah. Avatar oh, Frontiers God. of Pandora. No, I haven't even heard. That has not even crossed my horizon. No. Oh, it's because God. It's because we're due the... Avatar 2, aren't we soon? It's coming out, is it next year? Who even cares? Who cares yeah. about Avatar? Yeah. Come on then, let's get to the good. What's okay. your top bestie? My top... Uh, have we done... T- oh yeah, my top bestie. <laughs> my top bestie yes. is obviously... Actually, it's a toss-up. <laughs> obviously... You can tell I've really prepared for this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Starfield. I know we didn't see much, and it wasn't a gameplay trailer. It wasn't anything like that. But just being able to see something about it and knowing that it's going to be, what what did uh, Todd Howard say? Skyrim in space, which I think you and me both have the same opinion of Skyrim in that it's an okay game, but the setting was a little bit naff. Didn't blow my mind. Yeah, I, I like more of a plot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't, yeah I'm, uh... Well, I think they'll have a plot in Starfield. Or at least I hope they will. Well, to be fair, I'm already sold because it's space, and I love yeah, space. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, ugh, just everything about that game, I'm excited about. And it, we don't have to wait that long either. Um, there was obviously rumours that it was. Uh, well, there was rumours it was going to be this year, but it's not. It's, it's November, November. No way, that's not right. Eleventh of November, twenty twenty-two, which they always re- seem to release games. <laughs> they always seem to release games on the eleventh of November because I think Fallout Four and Skyrim were both released on the eleventh of November. Well, let's, let's do your worst, Ian. I'll just talk about one thing I hate. 
Okay, so my the last, your final choice, yes. Elden Ring was officially announced as with a well, it was already announced, but we got a, 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 a gameplay reveal and a date release date. I love From Software. You're wrong. Yeah. Wrong, wrongy, wrong, wrong. Nick just doesn't uh... like to be challenged, which is the whole point of games. Uh, it, it, people love it. It will win every award when it comes out, and you know. Well, George R. R. Martin probably won't have an ending. Yeah, very true. Very it's just true. the game will just go back to DOS. Anyway, that's well, one of sort of hits. There was a lot very else good. in within E3. You know, you had uh, Forza Horizon Five looked absolutely exceptional. Uh, ugh, every hair of the cactus. Um, Halo Infinite looked a lot better. Uh, Breath of the Wild Two was announced. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, there was so there was a lot that happened. Ever made. Psychonauts Two looked like a toddler had vomited over his Duplo. Um, yeah, wasn't interested in the least. And the one that really bugged me was Outer Worlds Two. You're the only one. You are the only one that's had a problem with that trailer. I bloody hated it. <laughs> hated it. It was smug, condescending, and I've heard it before. It was. So Outer Worlds was a game that was quite fun, but felt like a proof of concept. It didn't feel yes. fun. Yeah. This so, is why people are so excited about the second exactly. one. Exactly. It's really high hopes for the second one because it feels like they're, they'll just ramp it up. But yeah. the trailer, the reveal trailer, nonsense piece of garbage. Yes, it was, was, all... it was, it was uh, a comment on E3. We're going to have a noise now. Yeah. That means something's happening. It was it was a comment on the fact that you get all. I mean, even even within Microsoft's own conference, they had Starfield, which yes, it was in engine, but let's face it, it told us nothing about the game. All it that did was to, the that game. Seems to be the wave. Exactly. So this was Outer World saying probably Microsoft went to them and said, right, you need to do a trailer for Outer Worlds too if you're making it, and they went, we haven't got anything, and they said, yeah, well, you got to do something. So this is what they did. And yeah, it made me. It made Stum. me laugh. It's dumb. I've heard it all before. It's predictable. Shut up. Shut up. You've heard it all before, but you've never heard it at E3. I'm sure. That's what Devolver do. Well, yeah, but they don't do E3, do they? (laughs) They've been banned from E3. Have they? (laughs) Yeah, that's why they they set up in the car park outside the um, (laughs) convention (laughs) centre. I love Devolver. They're they're the punk rock. They're the they're the they're the troma of the yes. video game industry. They are the only good thing about the video game industry. <laughs> so yeah, okay, cool. So some exciting things. Most of it's way off though, isn't it? There's nothing coming Yeah, but there was a few things from this year. Um, obviously, Forza Horizon 5 is this year, and uh, I can't remember. There's other things. Halo Infinite um, comes out in the holiday, whatever holiday means. Well... Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me. That's no worries. Thank you for having me. Catching to catch in. It's good to catch up and see what's going on in the gaming world. And hopefully, Uh, in the next few months, um, I will start to get a bit more time to do things. um, Okay. And to actually complete games, because once I can start putting enough time into complete games, I can start actually reviewing and talking about them again. Very good. Uh, Very good indeed. Lovely. All right. right. Thank you very much. No worries. Have a good day. Bye, everyone. Oh, you sound like a kid's TV host. Bye, everyone.
attention to the crew of the commercial vessel Nostromo. A word of warning. A word of warning. Alien and Aliens, uh, a fitting film choice for this time because Alien happens to be probably my favourite sci-fi film ever. Aliens is up there. High praise. Yeah, I think um, I think Aliens is probably probably mine, probably my favourite sci-fi. So yes, I'm Alien. I'm Team Alien. Yeah. Your Team Aliens. Yes. Yeah. I okay. think I, that would uh, be right. This, I think, and I think that's a debate that's been argued for many, many, many years. It's even referenced in Scream, in the film school, in Scream 2. They've got the film school debate and they're talking about sequels always being worse than the original. And then they're reading off Godfather Part 2, mm. Aliens, and they misquote Get Away From Her, You Bitch and stuff. But yeah, it's, so it's very much a battle of the ages. Of, Absolutely. Uh, I think it, it, it's your Kirk versus Picard. It's such a trope of an argument. I think it's fair just to have them both side by side. That you can't really compare because actually they're different genres. Yeah, they are. Slasher meets action, sort of shooter kind of Cameron movie. Yeah, it's like a well, it's like a Vietnam film, isn't it? Even yeah. the Marines are supposed to be like Vietnam type soldiers. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing double bill, and it's interesting having watched the Prince Charles cinema, which is notorious for its weird culty choices of films anyway um and the you've not wouldn't have experienced it but the clientele are often quite vocal yeah yeah yeah. much very unlike a normal cinema experience um so it was interesting watching them back to back and hearing the crowd react because they came alive they only came alive during aliens well there was a bit in alien it might have just been where we were sat but not nearly as much as aliens people were cheering clapping and which kind of like People, you, there was lots of laughter for Alien. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of art, there was a lot of appreciation for the little the, the wisecracking comments between the crew. Yes, um, which makes me kind of think that you could kind of look at it through the lens of Aliens. To Aliens is kind of more Evil Dead too. Like it's more fun, isn't it? There's more. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Like that is the funner movie. Whereas Alien is like the more. There's more art to it. There's more suspense. There's like well, it's it's used better. Um, it's yeah, it's more of an art form. I would say, as as horrible as that sounds, Alien is an alien. Aliens. Well, there's definitely a a time divide, even though that there's not much in it. Um, alien is very seventies, and Aliens is very eighties. Oh yeah, there's a real that. Well, especially watching them back to back, there's a real line. There's a there's a massive difference. When I like when Aliens came along, I was thinking of Commando more than any other film. I was thinking. The use, the way the weapons are filmed, are it's so uh, uncompromisingly. Look at this thing. Look how cool it is. Look at this man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look at this woman doing crunches. Look how strong an army she is. It's very action. Movie. Is that just James Cameron? 
Thinking of Avatar. It's just eight. It's yeah. It's James Cameron, but it's it's eighties. It's of that time. Yeah, I suppose so. It's very eighties. Also, I mean the the sleazy characters, the corporate characters are very eighties. Yeah, they could have been. They could have walked off the Robocop set. See, that's the thing. Alien, like every every character seems to be like like very well manufactured. Like um like from ash is very manufactured like the way his slow reveal of him and hints he's giving that he's got like an ulterior motive whereas i feel like in aliens the bad guy is just too like his his motives are so obvious from the start and it's it's, he's he's shamelessly evil like he's shamelessly like sleazy as well there's no hint to it that that might be you being aware of the genre a bit because i say this because well yeah i don't normally watch i don't normally watch uh, reaction videos but i did catch one caught my eye because it was alien and then aliens um from a channel called popcorn in bed on youtube right and it's this woman who's very naive very innocent she doesn't really watch many films and she watched aliens and she did not see it coming what what the what the the, yeah. co- the corporate guy who she comes did with not them see it coming has an ulterior motive yeah 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 and I wonder if it's just because you know films and she was completely oh, blinded to come it. on yeah she even said oh he's got nice eyes oh. and then when it happened she's like I trusted you <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I liked your face he was so bad right from the start <laughs> wow okay fair enough like, so well, uh, yeah I just think it might just be a a genre thing maybe i don't know he's more so he's he, he could be like just some asshole in a diehard movie who just wants to get out of the building with the money like exactly yeah yeah, yeah he's yeah, one yeah. of them uh whereas alien well let's just very briefly go over the what happened so alien uh 1979 ridley scott written by dan o'bannon um sci-fi horror um what happens is, so you've got essentially a spaceship full of truckers, 70s truckers, all beer and beards and smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee and snarking at each other. That, by the way, Alien, one of the reasons I love it so much is the crew just feels so natural. Mm. It oh, feels so. like a documentary. Yeah, it does. Still with us, Brett. Right. Yeah. Oh, yes. dead. Mm-hmm. Anybody ever tell you you look dead? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, right. Now, I just forgot something, man. Uh, before we dock, mm-hmm. I think we ought to discuss the bonus situation. Right. Brett and right. I, we think we ought to. We deserve full shares, right, right baby? You see, Mr. Park and I feel that the bonus situation has never been on a an equitable level. Well. You get what you contracted for, like everybody else. Yes, but everybody else uh, gets more than us. Oh, the mother wants to talk to you. Uh, yeah, son, you got lights from my eyes only. Okay, get dressed, huh? Parker? Can I finish my coffee? Mm. There's no force. They're all just completely sort of whispering under their breath and uh making little comments by each other do you know it almost feels like a documentary and how it's shot as well like the sort yeah, of you're upwards right. shooting shots especially when they first wake up and they're having breakfast around the table that feels completely real yeah it's, yeah it's, 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 and it's actually real. i noticed watching on the big screen um lots of handheld stuff there's a lot sort of wobbly stuff going on oh. not not but yeah i've never really noticed that before 
It'd just oh, be that the odd shot. They're just obviously. But the reason I think the reason there is a reason for that. They built the ship. Right. They built the set. It's very hard to set up a. Yeah, they. It wasn't designed for cameras. In fact, it was designed to be as claustrophobic as possible, to make the actors feel trapped. Oh wow! And people used to get really freaked out on the set because yeah, it was a labyrinth. Oh my god! I can't. I can't imagine that. And if you, I've, I've known this for a while, and I've tried to always imagine what the set would have looked like, because there are some toroidals that are the same. You can sort of tell, but I think what they had was like. The, the the ladder bit and then just it all just shot off into different directions and must have been a bitch to film well yeah exactly that's why and i think they did lose people like they they got lost trying to get to the yeah so that's probably why it has that uh documentary feel because it literally was on location as it were yeah oh amazing um cool. so anyway yeah so um the spaceship nostromo towing a refinery um, it's it's lots of world building which you don't really need to worry about, which is nice. The crew's asleep; they're in hypersleep. The the ship makes a decision to change its course to intercept a distress signal. No one understands what happens. Everyone wakes up and they're like, "Oh my god, where are we?" Um, and they find it all out. In the director's chart, which we didn't see, we actually hear the distress signal, and it's horrific. Oh, is it? And I think it's where Sunshine got their reference from. <clears throat> we all hear that language. God, doesn't sound like any radio signal I've heard. I want to know. Can you home in on it? Horrific. It's and I think it's the it's the noise in the trailer, isn't it? Oh, is it? Oh, I don't know. It's it's just the sound of alien beings screaming and being tortured. That's it's horrific. Why would mind. you yeah, really horrible. That. So yeah, there's a big argument, which has one of my favourite kind of uh, moments with Parker, who's been kicking off the whole time about the the contracts they're on, the bonus they're worth, the thing they deserve. What kind of a transmission? Acoustical beacon at uh, repeated intervals of 12 seconds. SOS? I don't know. Human? Unknown. The so what? <laughs> we are obligated under section well, I hate to bring this up, but uh, this is a commercial ship, not a rescue ship. Right. And it's not my contract to do this kind of duty. And what about the money? If you want to give me some money to do, I'd be happy to. Let's go over the bonus situation. We never can we, can we just talk about the bonus situation? Sorry, can I say something? Let's talk about the bonus situation. There is a clause in the contract which specifically states any systematized transmission indicating a possible intelligent origin must be investigated. I don't want to hear it. We don't know that it's intelligent. I want to go home and party. Parker, will you just listen to the man? On penalty of total forfeiture of shares. You got that? <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going in. Yeah, we're going in. Uh, so they they intercept the signal. They decide to go land on the planet, um, which is a dusty hell hole. It's horrific. The sound is awful. This raging storm on this planet. 
Um, as they land, the ship buckles and breaks. It's it's such a rundown universe. Everything's yes. broken. Old tanker, isn't it? Of old. You've literally got Parker and Brett just holding the thing together with wishful thinking and spanners and screwdrivers. I love the scene when they're trying to fix it and Ripley's helping them or supervising them. And they start, they bring up the bonuses again. And she's every time she responds, what? (laughs) What? And Uh, then he turns the steam vent off. (laughs) I like it when, uh, like, I think it's uh, Ash calls down from the ship. He goes, how long are you guys going to be? 17 hours. 25 hours. (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. Yep. Love it. The um, so they go to the to the sh- does that ship have a name? Does it, does it, is it named? They called it on the set the Crosson. Oh really? But I don't think that's oh. what it's officially called. Yes, yeah, very cool. Like um, that's a really good sort of um, like you know we've talked about how we quite often like films that get straight into it, and I'm I quite like how quite early on they go inside that ship and they lure themselves down into that room, and it's so vast and cavernous and ominous. And huge and vast, you know. It's yeah, it really sets the scene, and that's just before they find the eggs, obviously. But you know, that's um, yeah, it increases the mystery, it increases the tension. Well, the first time I watched Alien, I watched it on my inherited old crappy black and white telly in my room, as if you had a black and white television. Yeah, and it had a it had a uh, coat hanger for the aerial. Wow, I was watching it on Channel Four. Uh, first time I ever watched it was on that. Um, in black and white it's even creepier i bet because the shadows really play off it's really very hard to see oh oh that felt like a weird 1950s sci-fi with strange yeah yeah like one of those films and that's kind of how i always think of it when you see when kane um dallas and 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 uh lambert when they're walking to the ship in their spacesuits ash is watching them via the cameras on their helmets or whatever and that's watching that was how i watched alien on these tiny oh little crappy screens that fuzzing out yeah that's pretty cool that's a really pretty cool way of watching it actually what a hipster doofus yeah but no yeah so they i think we're skipping over it a little bit because i think everyone knows alien by now if you don't watch alien for <laughs> Christ's sake um does I've spoken to three people this week. I told them what we were doing, and all like the three people I spoke to about it. Well, there's other people I spoke to who obviously knew about Alien and had seen it, but they had never even heard of it. Or no, that bothers me. Yeah, I understand if you haven't seen it. How have you never heard of it? It's just, I guess, we're just so in the but, world. But I, I just don't understand. It's uh, more... But it's so well known. Surely the, the chestburster scene. It's one of the most. If you see any, I don't know. If there's any doodle of Hollywood movies, you know when you see those drawings people do online and yeah. they draw famous movie characters. A xenomorph is in there somewhere every single time. It's this They're, weird lack of curiosity people have. Yeah. I feel like Alien and Predator are two things that you see all yeah. the time. You know what they are? Yeah. You you know that's you know you should know. Yeah, definitely. It's terrible. Like the uh, the chestburster scene, uh, is regarded as one of the scariest movie moments ever. Yeah. Oh, even knowing what happened, I was getting my hairs were going up on my arm. Who was like, it? Someone on your side that screamed? No. 
I heard someone not on my proper, side properly properly yelp. Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Maybe they've been dragged in for the first time. I did jump. It got a jump out of me. Oh yeah. Um. It was when uh, Ripley and Newt get shut oh, in we'll the lab. Oh, talk about aliens. With the facehugger. Yeah. Um, that scared the living daylights out of me when they just jumped out of nowhere. But there was one point where she's looking for it. He goes, we'll get, we'll get to aliens. But my favourite bit is when its fingers come up. It's like a spider. It, there's yeah. no other way. He's like... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so alien... So... They go into this crashed derelict ship. They find some eggs, and Kane does the stupid thing that everyone does in horror movies. Oh, oh! Let me look a bit closer. This is completely enclosed, and it's full of leathery objects, like eggs or something. Although it's it's more defendable here, I think. Yeah, I guess he's looking at his why. Wait, no, tell me why. Tell me why. Because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't know it's an egg, for one. Obviously, it's a freaking <laughs> egg. Look at it. It's but an he's... egg shape, and it's got a, a thing moving around. That's true. I think the weird thing was looking into it. Yeah, definitely. But looking at it, what I'm comparing it to is Prometheus. Mm. When the xenobiologist scientist is like, Oh, little wormy. He's just playing this snake thing that's like looking at him, like, uh, stop! What What are you doing? Yeah, there's just no need. Just Having just been like really creeped out by a, a dead body, he's like, oh, a little worm. These are like biologists who have ha- who have all of the degrees in the world and all of the PhDs, yeah. surely, to be doing the job that they're doing, and they don't know. They found a species on another planet, so they don't have any immunities to them, and they're well, they the take first their thing mask off. Her. God, let's have a look at this. Yep. Anyway, so alien, they Kane uh, gets the thing, the parasite attached to his face. Wait a minute, this movement seems to have life, organic life. And they bring him back to the ship to put him in quarantine. Well, to put him into the med bay. And they break quarantine. Ripley says, no, stop. This is a bad idea. I'm ordering you not to open the airlock. You have to stay there for 24 hours. And then Ash lets him in. Again, dodgy, isn't it? That's the first time I think when you're like, hold the flip on. He's what are you to, doing? What are you up to, um, Chuffy? So they bring the body in. They start examining this. They find that it's the, the face hugger that's attached to Kane's face. Um, and Ash starts doing weird stuff. He's a secret git. He starts doing, like, he's examining close-ups and things. And when Ripley walks in to confront him about the airlock, he turns the screen off. Yes, yes, of course. And stuff like that. And he, she peers into the microscope. And he goes, Stop that. Don't touch that. <laughs> Um, so all revealed in the end that Kane has been infested. Get some decent food. You can dig it, man. I'm telling you, I'm eating first food in this, but then I'm tasting better. You know what I'm saying? The other one over there. You pound down the stuff like this. Uh-huh. I'd rather be eating something else, but uh, right now I'm digging food. Uh, you, know, you just know you know what it's made of. <laughs> I know that. 
I don't want to talk about what it's made of. I'm eating this. <laughs> What's the matter? The food ain't that bad, baby. <laughs> you chill for Charles. <laughs> And out comes this little creature, um, which escapes and turns into a giant horrible e. And then it's it's a slasher movie at that point. But we never really see the thing. I only watched it now with the cinema. Did I notice how few times we see the alien? It's always uh, the front uh, top as well. Like uh, they never go too far down. Because when they do go too far down, like at the end of the movie when spoiler alert uh, falls into space, that's a big old rubber suit. That yeah. is a man. That is a man falling down. That whole you know, alien looks. The set design is absolutely peerless brilliant everything looks real everything looks realistic there's one shot that's terrible and that's the looking at the back of the shuttle that Mm. whole sequence is awful yeah no need for it it looks so bad yeah it's terrible they should have found another way I don't know, chop it in half and just have its torso crawling towards you. Whatever. But like everything, like the, the shuttle looks fake. It looks like it's made of balsa wood. Yeah. Uh, it's just rubbish. And it's a shame because everything else looks so perfect. Yeah. I mean, we've got to talk about the design of the alien. It's just so creepy. H.R. Geiger did very, very well with that. Well, H.R. Geiger, so it was called Necronom 4 is the original art. Necronomicon. Right. Another link to Evil Dead. Nice. Or, you know. Whatever that word came from. Lovecraft. Uh, it's horrific. H.O. Diger was a weird, weird man. It's like sexual torture, but not. I, I, I don't get it. It's almost just sort of Hellraiser type. It's very Hellraiser. It's got an Egyptian kind of vibe as well. It's got some sort of ancient god thing going on, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it's all, I mean, notably the design is very is bio-organic. That's yeah. the big thing. The actual sculpture of the of the creature uh, included actual like car engine parts. So the creature's body is sculpted with plasticine, with bits of snake and cooling tubes from a Rolls Royce. What do they mean, bits of snake? Apparently, vertebrae from snakes. Oh, oh, it's very, very, uh, yeah, very diverse bits. Uh, apparently, the head was supposed to have a human skull, like hidden in the translucent bit. But they, I think they just painted over it. I mean, it didn't look that great. Um, but the treat, I mean, all of it was, what, why it worked so well was like the, the egg, the face hugger. it's all real stuff. It's all sheep's intestines. And mm. I think the face hugger, when they're like looking at it, I think it's a, some sort of sea animal thing. I was going to say, and the, the, org- the egg has like an organ coating before the thing yeah, comes that's, out. Yeah, that's just a, like a and that is, stomach, like that, a sheep's stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just about the creepiest looking thing out of all of it. When yeah. that, it looks Because obviously it is real. It looks so... And I would say authentic. the attention to detail on the egg in the first film is so much better when we see the eggs in all the sequels. Yeah. There's a bit in two when Facehugger's coming out of the egg, which I thought looks rubbish. Scarped out. It looks very much like a hand coming out of a thing. Yeah. It didn't look very real to me. Mm. A little more puppety. Um, yeah. 
Alien. I absolutely bloody love it. The sound design. Watching the cinema, the nuance of the sound design. When scary stuff happens, there's a heartbeat. When tense things happening, there was the sound of a clock. And when she was talking to Mother, you could hear breathing as if Mother was organic. I'd never noticed that before. Yeah, I, I hadn't either. Very good. Very good. Final report of the commercial starship Nostromo. Third officer reporting. The other members of the crew. Kane, Lambert, Parker, Brett, Ash, and Captain Dallas are dead. Cargo and ship destroyed. I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off. Yeah, I, I loved watching Alien again. Um, but I, I watching them both together, the thing that got me going, especially at the end, was Aliens. Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back, but to wipe them out. That's the plan. It was so good. So this one's obviously 1986. This is James Cameron Hellman this time. Uh, he also did the screenplay. Um, it is the 80s action movie of this uh, of these sibling movies before we go into... Well, we're not going to go into three and four, but, you know, like, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it starts with uh, a, some science-y-looking people finding Ripley in uh, stasis with uh, Jonesy the Ginger Cat um yeah it's almost it's not chronologically but in it's it's where the end it's where the alien ends yeah she yeah, goes yeah. back into the hypersleep going back into hypersleep is like the sci-fi equivalent of riding into the sunset i feel like yeah it is, off they it? go for another adventure yeah that's true um i liked the line actually um where the the people are in and they're like no sal what did i say no salvage reward for us the, yeah they say well there goes our salvage there goes our salvage which i like like that little sentence says so much about the world yeah yeah that was, you're so right if he if she wasn't there they would have kept all the stuff on that ship that's i thought that was so cool also very honest yeah they could have just they could have just chucked her out into space yeah, yeah yeah i like the idea that they're all everyone out in space is so like contracted they yeah. can't do anything for free like let's not see that distress signal yeah well you lose all your money yeah no definitely um so yeah she's um she's taken back to like the the company the conglomerate the organization um who wants to know why ripley's blowing up their multi-million pound big spaceship and why all these crew are dead i don't understand this we have been here for three and a half hours now how many different ways do you want me to tell the same story look at it from our perspective please Please. 
Now you freely admit to detonating the engines of and thereby destroying an M-Class Starfreighter, a rather expensive piece of hardware. Forty-two million in adjusted dollars. That's minus payload, of course. The lifeboat's flight recorder corroborates some elements of your account, in that, for reasons unknown, the Nostromo set down on LV-426, an unsurveyed planet at that time, that it resumed its course and was subsequently set for self-destruct by you for reasons unknown. Not for reasons unknown. I told you. We sat down there on company orders to get this thing, which destroyed my crew and your expensive ship. The analysis team, which went over the lifeboat centimeter by centimeter, found no physical evidence of the creature you described. Good. That's because I blew it out of the goddamn airlock. There was a hint of a time jump between her being told off and like and re- removed of yeah. her uh, position and then the events happening back on the planet because she goes off and does her job downstairs, moving things in storage, doesn't she? Yeah, I got the impression there's probably several months because, because now we watch the director's cut. Director's cut includes uh, Hadley's Hope colony before it, goes wrong before it goes wrong yeah. in the in the cinematic in the theatrical cut we don't see any of that um where captain hollister from red dwarf because the, the, there's a we hear a bit of conversation where someone's asking do i get salvage rights for what i find out there yeah and he says i didn't ask because it takes months and months for them to reply for that message to get to them mm. the implication being it took months for them to get that message Right. So I reckon it's probably like a year, like ten months or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe. So, and that's I was thinking another thing: is it a, is there a reason? Is it more than just coincidence they go to those coordinates? Who ordered them to go to those coordinates to that ship? Burke did. Burke. Oh, so she sort of believed Ripley and told them. I think he was like, mm, "Let's find out. Let's okay, have it. Let's have right. a look." Okay, that makes sense. We find that out later on when uh, Ripley says, "I read the logs." Just like they'll know that you were responsible for the deaths of 157 colonists. Wait a second. You sent them to that ship. You're wrong. I just checked the colony log. Directive dated 61279, signed Burke, Carter J. You sent them out there and you didn't even warn them. Why didn't you warn them, Burke? Okay, look. What if that ship didn't even exist? Did you ever think about that? I didn't know. So now if I went and made a major security situation out of it, everybody steps in, administration steps in, and there's no exclusive rights for anybody. Nobody wins. So I made a decision, and it was wrong. It was a bad call, Ripley. It was a bad call. Bad call? These people are dead, Burke! Don't you have any idea what you've done here? Oh, I must have, that must have been one of my Wii. There's a weird... You went for a Wii? Mate, I can't hold my bladder for two hours. Unbelievable. Um, I'm drinking beer. Uh, yeah, it's it's a weird bit because... I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, we don't see her do it. Uh, she just sort of knows this now. Yeah, she's... And I think that was a bit weird, even in the director's chat. Incidentally, when she's in on Earth, in the space station... Uh, I asked Rob after we saw, did you notice their 80s suit, future suits? You didn't notice. That's what I was talking about. That's so subtle, isn't it? In the future world, everyone has their collar up and then it goes normal after. Mm. And once you see it, you'll never unsee it. (laughs) Very odd. Um, But yeah, so she she has a little thing. She has a little moment of conscience and she's having nightmares. Solar... 
Her thought process is, if she goes back to the planet and confronts her demons, maybe she'll lose the nightmares of the alien. She has chest-bursting nightmares. I mean, for me personally, I think I'd go in the opposite direction. If there's a planet that's potentially got the aliens on and I've got PTSD, imagine going back to Vietnam when you're like having Vietnam flashbacks 20 minutes later. Well, you know, that's why I think the director's top works especially well because Ripley's lost everything. It's just a daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's been in space for 57 years. She's expected to be home in months because she drifted past the core systems, they say. Mm. And it's only by luck they picked her up. So she's been missing for 57 years. Um, and in that time, her daughter, who she promised she'd see on her 11th birthday, has since lived a full life and died. Mm. So she's lost, and with no family. So she's lost her whole family. I don't know why they took that out. It she was... lost her job. I know, it's so short. It's, it's such a relevant... It's so important for a character. It's important for the bonding with Newt later exactly. in the it film. Exactly, it sets up the whole maternal thing the whole film's based on. It's yeah. so weird. It's such a strange cut. Um, I... Yeah, so she's lost that. She's lost her pilot's licence. Because that's know... how they win her back. They say, we'll give you a pilot's licence back. Do you know what, as well? Considering uh, we were watching a double bill, and it should have felt like the longest thing ever... Aliens, at no point did I think, God, this is dragging. I don't, why, why did they need to feel the need to make it shorter? It's not a long film. It's just a really weird decision for I think me. they just wanted to get to the action. It's the 80s, remember? Yeah, yeah, fair, yeah I suppose. But, you know, it's such, it's such a complete film. Um, yeah. I, it, the director's cut is such a complete film. So, they, uh, so yes, yeah, so as we were saying, um, Hadley's Hope, a colony, has been set up on LV426. Yes, that sounds right. Uh, with seven, what was it sixty or seventy families? Families yeah. where someone's discovered this thing, as we find out later. Burke sent someone out to investigate, uh, and then all communications been cut off. Mm. Uh oh! So Burke and Gorman, Lieutenant Gorman, uh, re-recruit Ripley to go back to the planet. But they're not alone because they've got a bunch of badass. They've got a whole American, except for Vasquez. Uh, yeah, cool Marines, colonial Marines. They, yeah, the U.S. colonial Marines, who are yeah, a bunch of badass, super sold. They're flipping cool. They're so cool. <laughs> the way um, the way we're introduced to them is where they come out of stasis and they're. Uh, like kind of feeling like crap and they were like I don't want to do this they ain't paying us enough for this man not enough to have to wake up to your face Drake what is that a joke oh I wish it were hey Hicks man you look just like I feel <coughs> alright sweetheart so what are you waiting for breakfast in bed another glorious day in the car Day in the Marine Corps is like a day on the farm. Every meal is a banquet. Every paycheck a fortune. Every formation a parade. I love the Corps. Oh Man, this floor is freezing. What do you want me to do? Fetch your slippers for you? Gee, would you, sir? I'd like that. Look into my eye. Fall in, people. Come on. Let's go. I hate this job. Bro, it sets them up as characters so, so well. It's, yeah, it's really well done, man. I... I you just fall in love with all of them straight away. They're so entertaining. I love the one I always think about is uh, Hey Vasquez, have you ever been mistaken for a man? No. 
Have you? <laughs> oh, gosh, guys. You're just too bad. Yeah. <laughs> locker room. It's good old-fashioned American locker room talk. I love it. Yes, uh, very cool. And we meet more of them as, as time goes on. Um, but yes, the, they go back to LV4. To, uh... So this is where the, the theatrical cut starts, basically. They land on the on the planet. Awesome combat drop scene. Only beaten by Starship Troopers, I think. Yeah, and there's yes, a lot of similarities to Starship Troopers. Well, um, the cast of Aliens, the Marines, were all told to read Starship Troopers. Were they? As part of their role. Oh, nice. You know the line where uh, Hudson says to Vasquez, uh, you saw Alien and you thought a legal alien and signed up. Apparently, that's an in-joke because the actress did the same thing. She read Alien, thought it meant a legal alien in the casting notes, so it turned up in full like Mexican... Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Sorry, another thing, amazing thing they did in Aliens... Well, a really good decision, I think, on Cameron's part was he actually filmed that scene. That was the last scene they filmed because he wanted them to have the full camaraderie. Of oh, them that's shooting cool. the whole thing together. So they filmed that last, which I thought was yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, so while they're on the planet, yeah, they they find that the whole colony's vanished, uh, apart from one survivor, little Newt, little Newt, who is now. Sometimes children in horror films are the most irritating little brats in the world. Newt remains the golden example. Oh, she's, she's adorable. She's absolutely adorable. She, you feel so sorry for her. She's never annoying. Her scream is very high-pitched and scary, especially when she sees her dad with oh, the face God, Yeah, on. that's awful. <laughs> that's awful. Yeah, that's, but it's awful in a good way. It's awful yeah. in a way that works. Uh, and, yeah. Affirmative. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's she's absolutely... And we we get to know the handful of Marines quite quickly. So we've got Hudson, who's the Joker, who loses his mind. Vasquez is the very tough, uh, sort of heavy gunner. We've got Hicks, played by Michael Bean, who is the hero of the piece. Hmm. Obviously, second to Ellen Ripley, but uh, he's the... He's the leader who gets his opportunity to shine. Kyle Reese. There we go. Kyle <laughs> Reese. Yeah. Um, it's just so much to talk about. Yeah, so much to talk about. So they, the, the main thing to talk about with Aliens is when they, they track all the tracking chips and the colonists, and it's in this massive nuclear power generator machine thing, a terraformer. Yes. And they all go in, full guns are blazing, full like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and get their asses kicked, pal. Yeah, asses kicked, but the, the, it's so cool. It's so creepy how they will come out of the wall, and it's very good again. World building. We know something slightly different here because we find the corpses. There's an extra layer of sinister um, to make sure that it's not just alien with gut more guns. There's a mystery of what the hell's going on. Why are all these bodies yeah. and this goo connecting them to the walls? It really takes its time as well at this point. Yeah, it really lets you load you in. What? Tuck it over here, we got a live one! You're gonna be alright, you're gonna be alright. Please. Just stay calm, we're gonna get you out of here. You're gonna be alright. Give me a hand. We gotta get her out of here. Convulsion! Get back! 
and while they're down there, they realise that the bullets, if they shoot their guns, they might set off the nuclear reactor. So they have to half, they have to hand in half their ammunition before they've even uh, started. So and, and the the officer, Lieutenant Gorman, tells them to do it and doesn't explain why, and that always bugs me. Yeah, this he, just, the... he orders the sergeants to take everyone's bullets, sidearms only, no grenades. They collect all the ammo, but they never explain why. They never like, what? What? Yeah, surely you, you make it very clear. This is why we're disarming you before you're going into fight loads of killer aliens. Also, well, what would you have done? If you were the lieutenant in that situation, what would have been your... Uh, pull out immediately. Yes, yeah, yes. Pull out straight away. The, the hesitant... Gorman hesitating is infuriating. It doesn't mm-hmm, make any sense. Mm-hmm. You would know by what you're seeing. You wouldn't be thinking, maybe they should stay in there for a little bit longer. Yeah, despite the fact that aliens are coming out of the walls and they're setting each other on fire and they're falling down bloody shafts. Get out! I would have sent two ahead with the flame units mm. to just have a look. Because they're right there. They're right next to where the colonists are. Just try to have a look. Have a look have a and then come run back and everyone put out and work out how to do it later. But they don't. They all go in basically unarmed, sidearms only, uh, apart from Hicks, who brings his own shotgun. Very handy. Very handy. Uh, and the flame units. And yet, they just, these creatures just come out of the walls. And it's very, very good. And it's very different. Let's rock! Who's firing? God damn it! Yeah. I ordered a whole fire. It's so creepy as well, don't they? That that's probably the new. That's probably what James Cameron brought to it. The kind of creepy element. Mm. Oh, definitely. Uh, aliens. One alien stalking the ship. This is hordes of aliens like mutating out of the shadows. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and of course, it's got one of the best endings. Oh my god! Yeah. Proper. We won't, we won't necessarily talk about it now, but. In terms of suspense and edge of your seat. Okay, this is the movie comes to life in a way. The way that uh, the Ripley getting into the robot, the whatever that thing's called, is shot. And how they prepare her for her amazing line. Get away from her, you bitch! She looks so cool. She looks so awesome. She's like, I was thinking like at one point, I was thinking you're cooler than Arnie. When she's like looking all badass and she says that line, I was like, you're the best 80s star just for this moment alone. I like it when she's before then, when she's in the lift with all the guns and she puts it all down and starts loading it. Yeah. Puts stuff, stuff in her pockets. And and so, there's that moment then when she's got her pulse rifle and flamethrower that's been strapped together, grenades on her chest. And she just stands there like, I'm ready. Yes. I think that's such an awesome sort of shot and moment. Um, because, yeah, she becomes the mother she wanted to be. She she becomes the maternal... She does. The warrior mum. The warrior mum who's trying to save Newt. Um, now, as a point of comparison, in Alien, Ripley wasn't written as a woman. No, they just, and they just swapped her out, didn't they? Didn't they just? They didn't even change. They the didn't. Script. They didn't gender any of the characters. They mm. just slotted them in. Um, so one of the reasons why she comes across as not manly, but there's a there's a neutrality. Everyone's very neutral. Yeah. There's no 
there's maybe a couple jokes about sex, but no one's really no fraternising with each yeah. other. And there's no femininity in it. No, no, definitely not. No. The decision to make her maternal, it's back to back, did it feel weird to you? No. Okay. No, I don't think it did. I think it all worked. I don't know. I, th- I think it, it, it made sense for the character. I think she's a very... Um, she's that kind of a mum. She's a strong, strong, noble kind of hard woman. Mm. I don't know. And, but, she's, but she does have a gentle side. It does come across in the first film sometimes when she's like kind of smirking with people around the table. Oh, stuff. yeah. She's not, she's not stone-faced. So, no, yeah, yeah. So I, what I think we should do is just freeze him. I mean, if he's got a disease. Why don't we stop it where it is? You can always get to a doctor when we get back home. Right. Whenever he says anything, you say, right, Brett. You know that? Right. Parker, what do you think? Your staff just falls you around and says, right. It's like a regular parrot. Yeah, shape up. What are you so kind of right. Oh, come on, knock it off. So it's not too unbelievable for me to get? I don't know, what was your take on it? I don't know, I just feel like it... It's like she was moulded to fit a different type of character. No. Uh, which lingers in the third one. She's mm. quite feminine in the third one. Fourth one, she's not... Fourth one, she's just not even human. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I don't know, it just feels weird. I think, I don't know whether it's just I'm more used to Alien... Yeah. So suddenly her being maternal just feels odd enough for me to go. Mm. Mm. But that said, one of the best icons of female strength and empowerment, if not the most, like she's... and and it's worth pointing out that everyone loves it. Yeah. No oh. one's like, oh, who's this woman? No. Everyone wants a piece of Ripley. Everyone, everyone thinks you know. If if aliens came out now, would people kick off about strong Ripley? I wouldn't have. I think Ripley, in a sense, is very modern for its time. Because there's, there's. Apart from. What, who do you, who's hard? Tank Girl. And she was even kind of a joke. Like, Well, yeah, that, was, that was a bit of a joke. But yeah. no, what about Furiosa from Mad Max? Yeah. So, to see, that's a modern example now. So but men hate it. There's a whole segment of weirder men who oh, hated wha- it. Really? Yeah. Why? Good question. Uh, that's so odd. It's so odd. It's especially odd with Mad Max because Mad Max has always had strong women. How sad to not be able to enjoy a woman kicking ass. I know. How ridiculously and I bet And I bet those same guys loved Aliens. Yeah, oh, 100%. An alien. Weird, isn't it? Um, I just want to point out something else as well. Aliens is a beat-for-beat remake of Alien. Remake? Literally a remake. I mean... It's the exact same thing. I mean, the exact same thing happens all the way... Yeah. It's hard. I guess if you... The one, the thing I'd change it to try and make it different is I would make maybe have it so the, the alien doesn't have the same fate as the first film. Well, that's the, that's the really obvious thing. Yeah, yeah, maybe have it... But even like... So the whole ending, she thinks she's safe. She gets on board a new ship. She yeah. thinks she's safe. Oh my God, there's an alien... I'm going to go into another room and put a suit on and open the airlock. Yeah. Like, it's the same. It's the same it's thing. Just, it's just the different words in between. It's this, and like all of, most of the um, the reveals are, very, are the same. All the beats are the same. And it's the yeah. same planet and the same ending. Mm. And that's my only criticism of Aliens, really. Yeah. It doesn't do its own thing. That's a fair enough criticism, yeah. It right. just goes, we're just going to shove guns in it. 
Yeah. And have more more than one alien. Yes. Multiple aliens. Possibly too many aliens. <laughs> because the population of Hadley's Hope was 158, it said on the sign. Right. How many aliens were there? There were freaking loads. Where did they all come from? Yeah. Assuming it's true. one per body. Yeah. Unless the chestbursters come out of legs. I and... guess they don't need much to eat to grow fully big. Because obviously the alien in the first one, he didn't really probably, eat anything. anything, yeah. But no, but more than that, right, where are they coming out of? Yeah, yeah. where are they, where are they reproduced from? Or do they just keep reusing human bodies, like different parts of them? That's not too much of a stretch. But surely they're dead after one? Yeah. Hmm. Ah! Uh, don't dive too deep. Maybe that's why they got rid of the sentry gun scene, because that implies they killed... Thousands. Yeah. Mm. Well, is it going in the Hall of Fame? Are they both going in the Hall of Fame? Yes, definitely. 100%. But which one's better? They're, honestly, I, I think uh, I couldn't pick. I think they're both as good as each other. Fair enough. In their own ways. What do, it's, you, what do you think? Well, my favourite's Alien, but yeah. Aliens is the definitive sci-fi action film, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Oh, oh, no, don't, touch, oh. don't touch it! Don't touch it! Adam's Film Reviews, Vivarium 2019. Okay, here we go. Welcome to Yonder, a wonderful development. It has all you'd need and all you'd want. Number nine. Number nine is not a starter home. This house is forever. Leave for a boy. Do you have children? No. It's not exactly what we're looking for. That guy was so strange. Yeah. Wait. No, no, I don't think this is the right way. Yeah, this is the way we came in. Number nine again. Did we just do some kind of loop? How have we just... Want me to drive? Such a jerk. Because I think it's just not possible. We can't make turns like this over and over. We have gone this way, Tom. Oh, my God. Directed by Lorcan Finnegan and written by Garrett Shanley, Vivarium is, in essence, a Twilight Zone episode in all its creepy sci-fi glory. Starring Imogen Poots as Gemma, a primary school teacher, and an oddly miscast Jesse Eisenberg as her boyfriend Tom. Vivarium sets the couple out as childless, but ready to make the next step into adulthood. Notably, to own and live in their own home. Taking a trip to the estate agent, Gemma and Tom are confronted by an extremely weird and unnatural salesman, Martin, played by Jonathan Harris. With barely a chance to engage him in conversation, Martin ushers the pair out to the car to follow them to visit a brand new suburban development called Yonder, a nightmarish vision of life beyond the city limits, complete with identical green houses. In an odd parallel to the Shearsmith and Pemberton masterpiece, Martin takes Gemma and Tom to number nine, a display house complete with mind-numbing furniture and decor straight out of a catalogue. Everything looks odd 
and false and just a little bit like a sitcom set. While Gemma and Tom are looking around, however, Martin vanishes, leaving the pair to their own devices. And that's about when things start to go wrong. Deciding to leave the house as it is, Gemma and Tom jump back into their car and start to leave, only to find they can't. Every turn they take, no matter how long or how far they drive, they wind up right outside number 9, the only house with any sign of life. The next morning, Gemma and Tom find a care package outside the house, full of vacuum-packed food with no taste or texture. Like the world around them, it looks great, but is lacking something quite fundamental. The knife really begins to twist when another box arrives, this time containing a baby and the message, raise the child and be released. Several months later, and the baby has grown to a creepy child, complete with a state agent uniform and oil slick hair. The boy speaks with an adult voice and demands food and play, its eerie behaviour driving the couple apart as Tom attempts to find a way out via a hole in the garden, leaving Gemma to attend to the needs of the child. And that's about all I can tell you. Not because of any risk of spoilers, you understand, but because that's virtually everything that happens. Vivarium is a perfect Twilight Zone episode because it's weird, has a great premise, and introduces a horrifying fact from nature into the ordinary. It's also a perfect Twilight Zone episode because it should probably be about 30 minutes long. Except it isn't. Vivarium is a punishing 97 minutes long, a far cry from the horrors of Army of the Dead or Justice League, but that's 97 minutes of basically nothing. Oh, it's creepy, no doubt about that, but there seems to be a massive lack of escalation. Even when it does get weird and horrific, it just doesn't feel like enough to justify the endless repetition and vague themes present throughout the rest of the film. Now, don't get me wrong, I love the concept, I just felt like it needed more. A lot more. I did enjoy the early stages of watching Tom and Gemma try and work out how to escape, and if anything, I'd have liked to have seen much more of this, or at the very least, some sort of spark between the two of them and turn the whole thing into a character piece about married life. In the end though, between the charisma sink that is Jesse Eisenberg and the lack of a third act, well, feel free to draw your own conclusions. Vivarium is currently streaming on Shudder, but honestly, meh. Adam, it's time for your final present. Yay! You can kind of unwrap this this time because I didn't take it out of his packaging. Oh, it's me. disappointingly light. Oh no! <laughs> Don't it's... worry, I haven't got you a heavy stone head for your garden. <laughs> Ten years time it's when you finally. It's just a bit smaller than a shoebox. It's from Scotland. Is it? Oh. Wow. And it's been wrapped up as if there's some sort of creature in here. I need some scissors. Maybe there is. It weighs 0.334 kilograms. That's not. A, that's less than I expected. And packaging it. costs £3.85. I've never been good at um, weights. I can't quite see well, through the bubble wrap. You found something cool the other <gasps> It's ba-boom! It's ba-boom! Ba-boom! It's Baboom, it's the full toy. Wow. It's the full Baboom. So Adam uh, was 
very excited a couple of weeks ago to learn that there was a Beast Wars who was a de- demolitions expert. Yeah. Called Baboon. Called Baboon. And it's a baboon. Yeah. It's Baboon and he's a baboon. He's a baboon. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, he's, he's great. This must be one of the later ones. That's yeah, really... it's like um, a step up from Deluxe. It's like the same size as uh, Leonidas, whatever it's called. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Oh, now. Baboom. So, yeah, with Beast Wars. It's, it's got his missiles in it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's complete. Oh, my God. It's a complete Beast War. Hang on a minute. What's going on here? <laughs> it's, it's, I've never seen it's or a... owned this one before. I'm very confused. Adam is currently playing with a toy. I can't work it out. I'll come back to that. Very good. Thank you very much. No problem. Happy birthday, mate. Thank you. Oh, he's covered in guns. Love it. Great. Well, yes. Thank you very much, Rob. Thank you for my birthday presents. We'll eat some cake in a minute. Uh, and thank you so much for listening as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Have a very good time, everybody. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. It's very muggy, isn't it? It's very muggy, and we didn't get back until the early hours of the morning after our London trip. Um, if you do like us and you would like to follow us more, you can go to uh, twitter.com slash Media. You can also check out our Instagram account. And we're also on Patreon. Head to www.patreon.com slash Um for loads of cool extra stuff. Very, oh, that's very impressive. Well done. I did it. Think of, there's your two heads. Why has he got an alien head? Oh my god! How how quaint. Anyway, yes, thank you so much for listening. Do follow us at all the places Rob said. Hollowdale Media. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and we'll see you in a fortnight. See you in a fortnight, guys. Thank you very much.